Thank you for tuning in to 808 and Drape on You Choice Radio. Your host, Tony Draper. Today, we have some great interviews for you. The NBA legend, Cedric Maxwell, finals MVP. He played for the Boston Celtics and the Houston Rockets, the Los Angeles Clippers. It's an NBA and legend in the house tonight. So he's going to give us a breakdown of what he think about old school versus new school basketball. Of course, we're going to ask who the GOAT is. So let's go. DS News, we have two great hosts, co-hosts with us today. We have Cedric Maxwell, a former Boston Celtic, Los Angeles Clippers, and Rockets, a two-time NBA champion. And we have Nicholas. Joseph. Hey, man, I'm a finals MVP, man. Yeah, don't forget the finals MVP. Finals MVP, MVP. 1981. That's real. <laughs> that's good. Ooh, and then you got crazy. me. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He, he's needed. He's a, definitely a big writer, Celtics uh, writer. He's uh, started his own company 15 years ago. He's able to get greats on the phone like this, Cedric Maxwell. So salute to you also. But salute to my friends like Max. He uh, he makes it all happen, man. It was uh, that and being uh, on the first wave of podcasters. The only thing I didn't get, I've got, I've been blessed and got a lot. The only thing I didn't get was rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just like uh, basketball, we just do it for the love of the game. I'm a, a former player myself. I uh, tried to walk on for University of Cincinnati in '06. Uh, so I, I came close. I impressed a few players. No one made the team, but uh, James White uh, was the big name on campus at the time. So nice, cool. But, and then let me give you some history, man. Did you know I got cut from my team in in high school? No, sir. I was a junior. I was a junior in high school. I got cut from my my high school team of Kinston, North Carolina, and now Kinston, North Carolina. My my little city of 25,000 people has had more NBA players per capita than any other city. It's like uh, Jerry Stackhouse uh, is is from there. And we have all these other guys. Charles Shackelford end up playing from there. Right now, Brandon Ingram is another guy from Kinston. So we have all these Kinstonians who are in the NBA. And now the 20,000 people We've had people in the NBA for the last, I want to say, probably the last 30 years. Wow. So it's becoming the Mecca, underrated. Uh, everyone Something talks. in the water. Something <laughs> in the water down there. <laughs> or the cornbread, I don't know. Everyone six, eight or higher, that's like, I'm from Toledo, Ohio, 45 minutes from Detroit. Uh, the biggest names we had was William Buford and Jim Jackson. And everyone six foot or shorter. I was two. <laughs> I played power forward, uh, so it's like, I, I was five seven. And I played power forward too, and you was great. <laughs> <laughs> the way things have changed in basketball now, uh, growing up, it was uh, built where everyone was six eight in the paint. If you're six six or lower, you're a guard. Now there's no position pos- positionless basketball. How do you feel about that? Do you miss the big man feeding into the post? Or do you like the new just 35 threes a game? I you know, I'm 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 old school, so I'm more partial to high percentage shots. Um I, I you know, I that's how I was bred and, and that's how 
you know, end up winning championships with the Celtics. Uh, you know, you were trying to get the best shot ever. And you as a guard, you know, back in the day, you get a big man handling the ball two or three feet away from the basket. You were like, get, first thing you say, yeah, time out, man. Get your big ass in the paint and stay right there. You let me do the dribbling. And then, I, then you know, I'll pass you the ball. You just score. Don't do all that dribbling on the outside. That Don't do my job. Stay yeah. in your lane. Seventh grade. Right, I got to. I got to agree with Max, too. I mean, obviously, I didn't play, but I do cover the team. And uh, I long for the days of the low post and, uh, you know, the jump hook, the sky hook. And, gone. And, yeah, Max was the king of the, the jump hook. Oh, that's gone, brother. Max, you know, that's the other thing, too. You're partially to blame because you were, like, one of the first point forwards out there back in the day. And uh, that's where the league has gone. But truthfully – even the analytical geeks, the stat nerds, get on my nerves. Because if there's anything that's true, look at the Celtics two years ago on paper. We all had them winning the championship or at least winning 60-plus games, and they were a flops. Because analytics can't predict chemistry. And, uh, and, and that, that, I'm a body language guy. and So I miss the old days a lot, a lot. I think they should move the three-point line back three feet, yeah. two feet. That uh, you hit on a great point that I was wondering with uh, now most uh, journalists use stats and analytics over the eye test. They say the mid-range shot isn't efficient anymore. But the two things my dad made me practice was the jump hook and the mid-range elbow jump shot. So I definitely wanted your thoughts on that. Max, you shoot first. Um. The great players I've known over the last couple of years, you think in the last 10 years or last 20 years, two of the greatest players, Kobe Bryant and Paul Pierce, were dynamic mid-range jump shooters. They weren't guys who were always taking threes. The game has changed so much to now. It's the James Harden's in the world. It's the Steph Curry's in the world. Uh, these guys shoot it getting out of bed. Uh, you think of one of the guys I think is uh, – Michael Thompson's son, Clay. Clay has done some amazing things. He had, I think he had the 37-point quarter, the one of the highest in the NBA ever, the highest in the NBA, broke a record. Yeah. Well, he did that, and they said he essentially dribbled about eight times. Okay. So he's the guy who comes off the picks and, and just shoots. So the game has changed tremendously from that time, you know, from my time to where it is now. Yeah, I mean uh, – it's changed a ton. And not only that, the amount of whistles, the fouls being called, right? So when I was growing up watching basketball, it was a very fluid game. There was a lot of fast break. People will say, oh, the game was slow. No, it really wasn't. The ball moved. It was fast break. Now it's start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Yes. So to me, that is very distracting, and it, it denigrates the, the quality of play, and it prolongs the game and in time period where people have lesser attention span um all that said it's still the best sport in the world definitely <laughs> it's the nba man yes. it's fantastic i always tell my uh son that you can judge a good basketball game by uh the stop the amount of times the ball has to stop like you said in the 90s uh the game the pace was slower but it wasn't any turnovers it wasn't that many unless it was a foul it just wasn't like the ticky tack stuff that just slows the game down 
So the malice at the palace changed all that. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's probably part of it. And I think the commit Max would know better than me, but it seemed to me that if, if I think the commissioner and that would be stern back to him, I think the one thing that he really wanted to do was get lessen the physicality a bit. Yeah. I, I, I don't, do you agree, Max? Yeah, I think he wanted to see the game be a lot more fluid. He wanted to see the guys who are athletic be able to use those athletic tools. But yeah. I think during the time, you kind of manufactured things. Because during the 80s, you think about looking at Lakers and Celtics play. It was a track meet. It was a fast mm -hmm. track. You yeah. would look, go one end, you go back the other end. You know, guys were flying up and down. Then they got the, the point where the Celtics and Lakers start, you know, fouling so much in these games and start being physical that it changed the nature of the game. And to the point where they had to get technicals, they had to get flagrant fouls. I was just talking to my good buddy, Rick Mahorn, who used to play with Detroit. And that's what we were laughing about, saying now guys are so soft. And the way you look at college basketball, college basketball to me should never be more physical than NBA basketball. And I think college basketball is a lot more physical than the NBA basketball, considering the athletes that you have in the NBA are so much more superior. Yeah. Everybody loves to say, you know, how would this one fare today? Uh, back in the 80s and I think athletically they are more gifted obviously but I don't know that they would ever get down the court for offense they'd spend so much time complaining to the refs about no calls right because there's the physicality is so much different um, so yeah I think that the commissioner definitely had a and one more thing too we were uh, just talking about the sky the jump hook and the sky hook Nobody shoots it today, so keep teaching your kid that or whoever you said you're teaching because no, that's a high do percentage. That. Don't do that. Don't do that, son. Why? <laughs> because it's, it's, like the, it's like the dodo bird. People don't want to see a mid-range jump shot anymore. People want you don't to think see it's cyclical? The, uh, no. 15-footers, they, they frown at that. I mean, how many times I've seen people say, well, instead of shooting the 18-footer, you could have stepped back and, and – and, taking the three-point shot. So yeah. I'm not oh, sure yeah. the game has changed so much and so drastically that even some of the old school guys that I played with, I would love to see how they would have fit, fit in the game. Yeah. Like Kareem, Kareem. Abdul, one of the greatest of all time. He wasn't a three-point shooter. Uh, Elijah one wasn't a three-point shooter. A lot of these guys right now are specialists. And, you know, they, there's complaints saying, oh, well, Steph Curry, you know, he couldn't have played during the 80s. Well, dude, where he's shooting from, where he's shooting from, right? They didn't. You don't even play. Even when you were playing back at, you know, you went out for the trip. You don't guard guys from half court. No, you get I down don't. from the defensive line. So thinking like, okay, he ain't gonna shoot from here. But how many times have we seen guys get down defensively at the three point line, waiting for Steph Curry or for you know any of these guys in the league right now, and they're pulling up five feet away. Definitely. And uh, around 2000, uh, my day was Kobe was my favorite player. And he would shoot nine threes a game sometime. And uh, the analysts and everyone would go crazy. He's shooting too many threes. And now we have uh, Curry doing it from 35 feet, 14, 15 times a game. It's the irony of that, not to interrupt you, but the irony of that is, so our, one of the <clears throat> Celtics, Jason Tatum, got criticized all last season for – working out with Kobe Bryant and then shooting 
long distance jumper is not behind the three point line, and yet in back in the day, you're saying that's who we got. Kobe was getting criticized for. So it, it is it is indicative of how the game has changed, even in that short span of time. Yes. The big change, I think, Max. When was the big change? Because if you look at the 08 Celtics, the 10 Celtics, it was it almost resembled the game that I grew up with. Yes. Yeah, almost. Yeah, but I think that when you got guys in like the Steph Currys, yeah, like the James Hardens, like the Clay Thompsons, who were better adept at shooting three, the game changed. Stand. When I played during the 80s, it was a hoist to get up a three. Now, it's like these guys are just fingertips and wrists. And you'd be like, wow. And no strain at all to them shooting it. Yeah. Yeah, even Jordan didn't shoot threes. Think about that. And Larry only shot two a game. I looked up. Uh, yeah, but it, used to shoot two he would have adapted, I think. He would have uh, adapted. Yeah. Like Max, would you have adapted? Larry would be one of the few guys that I would say could you could throw him in the game now. And as great as Larry Bird was during that time, I think he'd be better now because people keep talking about all these other players in the league and, and Luka Dantage and what Luka – Luka Dantage would be – Larry Bird would be an upgrade if you're talking about Luka Dantage. As great as Luka is, it'd be like sitting in coach – and then all of a sudden they're calling your name and saying, hey, we got the first class seat for you. Go, <laughs> that would be the difference between Larry Bird and Luka Dantich. No offense at all to Luka, great player. But uh, I, I, And Rick Carlisle, who was his coach, uh, played with Larry. So I don't think that Rick probably would, would probably protect Luka and right. say I was different. But if he really looked at Larry Bird, I think still would be a better player than Luka because – He's a better, I think, a better rebounder. Mm -hmm. And as clutch as Luca is, I still believe Larry is more of a clutch shooter. Awesome. He so, played with them. <laughs> so you don't believe a lot of people are biased and will say the 80s are better than this and the 90s, and you take any of these players that win, are you uh, – it sounds like you're being like you should and say case-by-case-by uh, case by basis. Like, Bear could come and dominate, but others may have yeah. a problem. I think it's case by case. I don't think every every team would be as good. I mean, they always say you can't complain. You can't, uh, you know, compete with the errors. You can't brace those together. I, I think that is true. But I still think that there are great players, and then there are great running teams. Mm -hmm. But now you have to – one the one weapon that these guys have now that the teams didn't have before was the ability to knock down threes. During my championship game in 1981, when you weren't even born, young man, there were only in in the championship game, the last game versus the Houston Rockets, or matter of fact, not the Rockets. I'm gonna give the 1984 Lakers Celtic game, the last game of of that series uh, in Boston. There were seven three-pointers attempted for the entire game. You couldn't even imagine that now in, in playing basketball because they're hoisting up seven in the first two minutes. Yeah, and I think the other difference, too, is it's so written into the playbook today. You know, today's game, I think, is well more coached than Max's era, than the 80s. 
don't you think, Max, it's more the coach has more of a role in calling plays every time down the court, and the three is integrated? How many plays did you have that had the three-point shot? Um, how many plays did I have? Yeah, I'm mean, not for you, but you're the self. Hey, look, you're talking about one guy who hit one three-pointer for his entire career, <laughs> only attempted like eight or nine. So for me, I think you had that's 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 the category you beat. That was that was a far <laughs> that's a foreign area. I think again, it just depends on how the game has changed. Teams yeah. right now line up to take the three. Steph Curry, if you watch him warm up, it's oh. amazing see where he's shooting the basketball, his drills. Steph Curry's drills before a game in Golden State, what they do, they allow people to come in 30 minutes earlier just to see Steph Curry warm up. Not to play, but to warm up with his three-point shooting ability, which is crazy. I have to like mention, uh, growing up, uh, I used, my dad used to take me to the Pistons. Uh, court, uh, wasn't Corsi, or, but season tickets, about 14 games a year. And they would allow us to do that. And I met your friend, uh, Rick Mahorn. I have, have his autograph. Uh, okay. Whole bad boy piston. So um, that's why it, it's nice to have you here. I got, have to say once again, I probably had your card as a kid. So I have to add <laughs> a GOAT conversation because the last dance, we, uh, we all had to watch that. So Look at both of us. Oh, God, not again. <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> I'm hoping you say something. Different? I'll let you have it. I, I, I'm sure it would be a good take. I'll uh, let Max go. It's, it's different for me. as, And I believe Michael Jordan is one of the greatest to play the game. But I don't believe he's the greatest. Um, I take a guy like Akeem Olajuwon because he controlled more of the floor than anybody in the history of the game. Or I would take Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because Kareem has only, a, only played about 20 years and so was about an 18, 19-year all-star. And still <laughs> it has the uh, most points ever to be played in the league. And it's no offense to Michael, but I was around during the early years when Michael Jordan just get his ass kicked every year. Yeah. And he was being beat in the first round of the playoffs. So – Let's not get carried away. Not to say he's not one of the best, which I believe he is. Yeah. But for the best, my, my, my opinion differs. Like Isaiah Thomas's opinion differs. He said Jordan wasn't the best. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say uh, I agree with Max. I, I would take Kareem um, as the best ever. Uh, right? I, would, I, I think I would take actually, I think I'd take LeBron. Oh, no, no. He said that he's getting I just wanted to see your face. This, this was a two-part answer, I, right? I so just wanted one, to see. I just wanted to see your face. I, know, I, I couldn't believe it. The glasses come off or I get <laughs> one of these, right? So, you know, here's the thing. Kareem, six MVPs, six titles. I mean, it's hands down, I think. Uh, nothing against Jordan, like Max said. But part two of that answer is I'm taking Jordan over LeBron all day long, all day, over any of the players today, all yeah. day. Yeah. There you go. I'm with you. Um, so I'm born in 87, so I have to phrase it a whole a different way to be respectful. The best I've seen with my own eyes is easily uh, my Mount Rushmore is uh, Jordan, Kobe, Magic, and LeBron. Uh, LeBron. 
And All right. Well, give me your – hey, how about this? Give me your Mount Rushmore of total sports then. Period. You have to go – Period? Jerry Rice. I'm a 49ers fan. Okay. Uh, uh, um, I have to be uh, – let me be careful. We got Jerry I Rice. love this question. Um, Ali, um, um, who? Uh, 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 say, uh, Muhammad Ali, Jerry Rice. Okay. I'm going to go with Jordan and Tiger Woods. Okay. That's, That's a good Mount Rushmore. I mean, my only difference in mine and yours was instead of Jerry Rice, I took the best female of all time. I took Serena Williams. Ooh, that's I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> I refuse to give my Mount Rushmore because this podcast won't end. He and I will argue all <laughs> for the next two hours. I'm on the same track as you guys, though. I mean, I'm probably t- it's hard to leave out Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you do that? Plus, there's no baseball representation there. Yes, yeah. Uh, I would be one. I would definitely pull Magic out and put Larry in. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, you got to have Kareem. Who, had, who said Magic? Who said Magic? Tony no, said no. Magic. Who said Magic? Okay. Oh, just for my basketball one. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, basketball, right. If we're doing just basketball, I'll do that one. It's got to be Russell, Bird, Michael, Kareem. Yes, that's that's um, being the '80s baby. That's who they like marketed to us. That pretty much was our only choice at first. And I had to tell mm-hmm. a lot of my followers or whatever that don't confuse marketing for superstars. Just because a lot of players today have a commercial doesn't mean they were better than the players in the '80s and the '90s. The propaganda and the media makes us believe everyone is great. Like. Uh, Blake Griffin, he Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but you could go either way with that. Like you can't trust any of those guys uh, on both sides. Yeah, but um, oh, the Celtics. I have to know before you guys go. You touched on it earlier. You guys had one last, the great window. LeBron last year and Cleveland took them to Game Seven. Is the window over? Because uh, now we have Giannis and the new robbery. And I think you guys are better than the 76ers. But do you guys think the window is open? Well, no, I think it's just opening. The window's open. I think when you look at – you ask LeBron right now about Jason Tatum. Yeah. And you see what he says. Or, <laughs> or Brown. Yeah. Or you want to go with Gordon Hayward or Kimba. Kimba. I mean, you still got some unbelievable players who are on this team that – Marcus, yeah, Marcus Smart, or only going to get better. So, and especially the game has changed now. It's no longer a power game. I mean, you look at look at what uh, Houston's trying to do. I mean, dude, trying. You're, you're right in there, and they six five and under. They're doing that all day in Houston. <laughs> you want, if you over six six in Houston, you can't play with them no more. No. I mean, they traded away an all star in Scott and Compella. They sent Clint Capella, they sent him away because he was too tall. They yeah. want all three-point shooters. Every position they have, you have to be able to shoot the three. Definitely. Yeah, and I think this this break actually helps the Sixers. Um, yes. Wow. 
because they were stuttering. They were struggling. I think that it gives them time to part. It doesn't make them, I don't think, I still think that they still have fundamentally still have flaws in what they do. Especially in chemistry, I think. Well, when you think about Simmons, how does Simmons line up, Ben Simmons line up in the playoffs? I think that's what you're looking at the Rondo scenario. You're you're talking about somebody who isn't who isn't a three-point threat. And because of that, and he's reluctant to shoot it, guys back off of him. Now, is he still a great player? Especially during the, you know, during the regular season, I think he is. But I think the Philadelphia flaws are shown to me during the playoffs. And and that's what's coming up. And and that hasn't changed. When you think about Embiid, Embiid's a monster. He's a monster. I like Embiid. He's a he's a beast, but I still believe that you at their guards and you're going, okay, where are you going at in the new NBA? Well, and where does Al fit into all that? Because he's wasted talent at the end of his career. Uh, Al is not Al doesn't fit into that. Al, doesn't. Al took the money there and God bless him, he took the money, but he doesn't fit into what they Al fits in the seventy sixers did themselves a favor. They took Al Horford away from the Celtics. Not That's what was yeah. not to utilize him, but just great to take him away as a weapon because he played Embiid as well as anybody. Over That's the last a couple great years. point no one said. And I, I, I'd have to agree with that because he's not fit in chemistry-wise. He seems to play better when Embiid is off the court. Yet when he was with Boston, he was the Embiid stopper. I mean, so that is true. And teams do do that, you know. They basically took a weapon out of Danny Ainge's pocket by overpaying him. <laughs> Addition by subtraction, definitely. That was um, – yeah. Definitely a good one. Uh, I definitely do believe uh, you guys are second, and second behind Giannis and uh, and B. I think he's like Shaq uh, without the after the success. He's just a little too lazy. Seen a few uh, videos lazy. of a hamburger before the game. Like, come on, man! It's like God given talent sometimes bites you in the butt. And then, someone else just said this. Do you and you didn't like me at all. You know what I ate before the championship game in 1984? <laughs> I had a I had a Big Mac, a large fry, orange soda, and a large fry. I mean, and this is this was maybe about six minutes before I walked out on the floor. Woo. And then, what was that? Game seven. Game seven. Oh yeah, like Jeez. how many? Twenty four, eight, and eight, or something. They ended up with. The Mickey D's did good for you. Cornbread. <laughs> Cornbread. <laughs> That's amazing. You would, love, you would love that story. Jason Tatum, and I just told the story to Rick Moore. Jason Tatum sees, um, he had seen me. He'd been on team for a bit, and he'd say hello to me, just hi. Yes, and 30 for 30 with the Lakers and the Celtics came out. And he sees this, and he says, uh, then um, then afterwards, maybe a day or two later, he sees me on the court, and he walks up to me. He's going, cornbread, cornbread, corn. I said, dude, what's wrong with you? He said, man, I saw that 30 for 30. Damn, you were bad as him. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious, too, because during, a, um, obviously, this difficult time with the coronavirus, it's been all the legends all day, every day. Definitely. I have more people going, you're friends with Cedric Maxwell? He was a bad man. He would tell him about the grocery store, Maxwell. Dude, that, 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 that the grocery store told me yesterday. 
said, man, you played a hell of a game last night. <laughs> Dude, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> That's all we got right now. I don't play no ball, no poor man. Come on. Man. For uh, uh, somebody like me, I, I cherish the history of the game. I'm, I've almost been known for that among my generation. And uh, so seeing all these players and these old games come back has been a, a treat. But I'm ready for real basketball again now. I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for the real deal. I'll watch it with the empty uh, stadium. It's like I – I'll, and I'm here in Disney. Yeah. Uh, I'm here in Tampa. Uh, I'm. I'll, if they, I heard the news, they may do it at Disney. I'm all for it. It's like it's gonna uh, be Disney. Yes. Ooh, that's. We're great. just wondering if the media is gonna go. We don't know. We think yeah. no. I think no. That that's the story. I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, I believe like you're saying. I think the games are going to be at Disney. I think it's a good secure property. But I just can't imagine putting three, you know, I don't know. It's not going to be 300, but let's say 200 of the best players to play in the world in one spot. That is going, that would be crazy. They almost make you think. That's like, uh, that's like uh, the State of the Union. They have to put the vice president somewhere else because the entire leadership is there, right? So you have all these NBA players. Only the NBA players have a different – Right. It'd be a little wild. Wow. Okay. Why it'd be a little wild. A little thank bit different. You. I want to thank you again. All right, gentlemen. I'll Max, see we I'll talk to you later. MVP Cedric Maxwell with this. We thanks it once again, man. It's been a delight. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. That was Cedric Maxwell. Man. It's great to hear what the legends think about the game.